Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, telling stories from the MLS community match by match, fan by fan, story by story. Today we have a very special guest with us who transcends the LAFC community as a member of the Global Soccer Pod Fam here in the United States. Joining us all the way from New York City, please welcome Alexis Guerreros from The Cooligans! Yes, that was amazing. I did not expect you guys to do that. What's up, everybody? We rehearsed a little bit. Hell yeah. Uh, well, if you are not familiar with Alexis and The Cooligans podcast featured on Fubo TV, our guest is also recognizable from his prolific stand-up career, highlighting comedy clubs across the United States, as well as numerous appearances on Comedy Central. He's the host of HQ Trivia and voices not one, not two, but three characters on the hilarious Netflix show, BoJack Horseman. Thank you, sir, so much for coming out. Welcome to Shoulder to Shoulder yeah, Studios. Thank, thank you for making time for us, dude. I know you got a show tonight, and actually he's got a show the rest of the week. Is here time in LA, yeah. Bamba. Yeah, dude. It. No, thank you for having me. And also, I'm sending that intro to my agent. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Prolific. Let's get it. Yeah, I'm going to charge a double. <laughs> we, will, we will double the fee we are paying you to yeah. be here today. <laughs> you can so. multiply zero as much as you want. <laughs> that means I'm getting two bottles of water, dog. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm driving on someone else's gas. I don't care. Let's uh, do it. Nice. I love it. What, so what brings you to LA or did you have these gigs lined up or were these just an afterthought and you wanted to check out LA in the winter or what? I mean, look, getting a break from New York winter is always the best, but I was just in Florida for ICC futures. Okay. So I feel like I got my fill of heat, even though it ain't that hot out here. It's hoodie weather, which I love. Um, my buddy is, uh, he's touring all over South Asia. So he's going to be performing like in Hong Kong, through India, through all that. And he was like, yo, I got an apartment in LA and a car. If you want it, let me know. If not, I'll just send my dogs to the dog sitter. And wifey needed a break. She's an oncology nurse. Oh. So I was like, yo. I know, right? That's she real. That's real. Yeah, yeah I know. She's like, I, when I when I complain about my day, I'm like, I guess I shouldn't. You yeah, know? yeah. I see her. Yeah. You watch people die of cancer all day, right? So she needed a break. I could always perform in LA. It's always a good thing for a New York comic to come out here as much as possible. So I was like, yo, let me see if I can set up some shows. And I started sending out some emails. I know a couple bookers in town who know me from New York. And I just started boom, 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 filling in my calendar. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to be out there for the whole time. So she's coming out after New Year. So Okay, well, cool. So let's talk about that. He's got his LA shows. Today's the 28th? Yeah, 28th. So he's got West Side Comedy today, but tomorrow is at Chatterbox. The 31st on New Year's Eve is at the Comedy Store at 10 p.m. And fourth is at Good Heroin, then Friendship Buddies. Blair Greta. I mean, you check all these out on his uh, Instagram uh, at not Alexis. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's fun. Uh, doing shows in L.A. is like a there's like a certain level you have to reach, I think, as a comic in New York before people in L.A. are like, I right, will put you on our shows. And it's vice versa. It's hard for an L.A. comic who might be funny but doesn't have credits to get on a bunch of big shows in New York. So once you reach that certain level, you can hop back and forth between coasts. It's like a, it's like an honor. It's like a real, like to me, it's like every time I perform in LA, it's like, I, I thank you so much for letting me rock. It's great. Yeah. So how is the scene different for comedy in LA versus New York? If you look at it from a bird's eye view, like there's a lot more actors that whose management tell them like, oh, go try stand up. So they'll go. So you'll see some comics that I'm like, this is not your passion. New York is a boot camp for comedy. You can get up four or five times a night in New York, and that's not a big deal. In L.A., you've had a good week if you've gotten up five times. So it's a little bit hard to get stage time. And there's so many more. There's less shows. There's less alternative shows, meaning non-comedy club shows, which is like that's your bread and butter. That's how you fill your calendar. That's how you practice new material is, you know, you get up at the back of a bar that has an event space. Those shows are the hardest to get on because they're booked either by other comics or by like some quasi booker who you don't know. And like you kind of have to impress them or you have to have some type of buzz to get on. So there's a lot more of that in New York. 
but it's easy to just like be if once you're in the scene in New York, you could literally it's like you won't stop doing stand up. L.A., you have a chance to be a star, which is a lot harder in New York. We don't have like the movie industry and the TV industry that y'all have here. So like you'll see people that don't have 15 minutes, but they're getting up at all the biggest clubs in the world because they're stars. Whereas in New York, that almost doesn't really matter. It's starting to matter more now. Like the Instagram kind of stuff is starting to take over. But for the most part, if you're a good comic, you'll get up in New York. If you're a great comic in LA, you still kind of have to have something that makes people sort of want to give you a spot. And I think both are starting to meet each other in the middle. Both scenes are starting to level out. It used to be 10 years ago, LA comics would come to New York and it'd be all act outs. You know, it'd be a lot of, they're moving a lot. They'd be making a lot of sounds and stuff. And they'd be doing a lot of impressions, which to New Yorkers is not funny. New Yorkers is like, yo, words. I don't even care if you move on stage. Words. New York comics who used to come out to LA and stand in one spot. Our stages are tiny. Our rooms are tiny. You know, spaces. At, you at know, a premium, like, yeah. This, well, the room we're in right now is a comedy club in New York. I'm not even making that up. There's spaces <laughs> no that, way. I'm not making that up. There's there's one club called Old Man Hustle that's half the size of this room. And it's a bar. You sit around the bar, maybe fits 15 people max, and there's a stage at the top. And that's a comedy club. Like, we don't have the space you'll have. This is a third of a stage in L.A. So you could run to one side or the other. First time I performed on the road, I, well, it wasn't the first time, but the biggest name I ever performed with was Sebastian Meniscalco. And I was in Cleveland with him. And the stage's huge. Stage is the size of two comedy clubs in New York. I've never been on a stage that big. I'm like, what's all this space for? What are you going to have a band come up here? <laughs> like, what am I doing with all this? You know, yeah, you yeah. put couches over here. Rent that out. You know what I mean? Uh, and he VIP, told me, VIP, yeah, VIP, yeah, VIP, what are we doing? Yeah, bottle service up here. And I, I didn't know what to do on stage. So I stood in one spot. I kind of maybe moved one step to the left or right. And I did my act. And afterwards, I was like, we had two shows each night. So before the second show, I was like, hey, man, any notes? Like, you're kind of a legend, you know? And he goes, no, you're funny. And I'm like, nothing. He goes, well, move around a little more. And he doesn't he doesn't say much. So I talked to the manager of the club and I was like, Yeah, he told me to move around a little more. He goes, All right, look, Sebastian doesn't really say a lot. That means move. You know, <laughs> that means you're not standing, you're standing in one spot for too long. And I he goes, Watch him on the next show. So I tried to move around a lot, and then he got up and did his hour and I watched him and he would pace back and forth. And it's like he owned the stage. Got it. So LA Comics innately know how to do that. New Yorkers don't because we don't have that much room. Right. Hey, let's go, I guess, to to the start of Alexis. Now you're a comic, you're I on Football TV. My mother. It was yeah, yeah. Fun. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so. and, and Cuban, right? Yeah, and Cuban. So, and Go we on. talked about yeah. this off air. Everyone's yeah. got to share yeah. their time in Miami. So, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. When I got arrested when I was 13, I started going to Miami in the summers. I used to go to Miami all the summer, but yeah. I, my mother would send me to Miami because she was like, you know, th- my cousin had a dad and I didn't. She's like, oh, you'll learn. But it's like Hialeah, you know what I mean? Which yeah. is like, that's just another juvie, you know what I mean? Yeah. Newark and Hialeah, the only difference is the weather, you know what I mean? It's just just as illegal. So I learned how to do more illegal stuff there. And my mother was like, well, that's not working out. So she was going to send me to boot camp. But my cousin's father used to repair dental equipment. And he would be like, next time you come, you're working with me every day. And I used to just work with him every single day. And it was stressful. But at the end of the summer, I mean, I had a bunch of money in my pocket. And he was like, tell your mother how much you got. I'll tell her how much you got. I want to see, make sure the number is the same. He's like, save it, figure out how to get a job, learn, blah, blah, blah. And from that point on, I started working and became a better person because of my family. But, oh, so yeah, repairing can, dental equipment? So you're like fixing that suction little yeah, wand dude, that goes in there? Those and chairs have a lot of stuff in hydraulics them. Hydraulics right? and all that. Yeah, my yeah. job was really just run back to the truck and get the parts, you know, okay. and then he'd take me to like lunch. It's very simple, but, you know. Well, as, I mean, a, as a Cuban, how, how did football come into your life or soccer? Cause, yeah, because we don't play it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's no, the was, most interesting was, portion. Right, of so I was telling my wife, and I was I got two sons, and I was like, hey, man, maybe they'll play for Cuba. And then I was like, oh, wait, they don't 
I mean, it's not that different. I could probably play for Cuba. I was, <laughs> I was at the Cuba USA game when they lost seven nil. Oh, okay. And we interviewed the goalkeeper who let in all seven goals, and he looked really sad when he was walking by in the press junket. But nobody wanted to talk to him, which I think now, after talking to some journalists, is like out of respect. We don't know that. We're not real journalists. You know, we're comedians. So we're like, oh, yeah, Chico. I'm like, yo, can we talk to you? And he was like, at first it was a little like sad, but then he realized I'm Cuban and I'd, I've never been to Cuba. So like he wanted to share his experience. And we had a great conversation. It was like a really dope interview. And he was like, yeah, you guys should come out to Cuba and check it out afterwards. And I was like, I would love to go. But my mother, I was like, you can't say too much about like the political stuff. But my mother sure. went through a hard labor camp. So I was like, my mother went through and I said like agricultura. And he was like, oh. And he was like, yeah, stop talking. Yeah. I was like, yeah, 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 I'll stop. So like there's a reason why we can't go. But soccer for me is one of those things that I grew up in Newark. Newark has a huge Brazilian and Portuguese population, yep. huge Jamaican, huge Trinidadian, huge Grenadian, huge Guyanese. Everybody else played soccer except for Puerto Ricans, Cubans, and Dominicans. We're all talking about baseball. Right. My grandfather swore I was going to play for the Yankees. He thought being a soccer player was stupid. He would like he would turn on TV and go, look, some of these baseball players are fat. Like, you have a chance. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like soccer players, y'all run too much. Like, you don't want to run. You don't want to go up the stairs. You know what I mean? Like, why you? This isn't for you. So, like, he would try to get me to, like, want, like, to like more baseball. And I played baseball for a long time. As a Cuban, you kind of have to. Right? But... I care more about soccer. And the reason why is they used to be, the reason I picked Arsenal is because there was this bar that was between me and the Ironbound section, which is where like the Brazilians and the Portuguese live. So all my friends would bike up this way and I'd bike down from the North Ward and that's where we would meet. And there was this little old Irish like fireman bar that in the middle of like the most gutter part of Newark, like desolate, burned down buildings, just like what you think of when you think of Newark in the 90s, there was this building there and we would go in there and we would get like, water use their bathroom like they didn't care they let us use because they know we weren't like bad kids like we weren't going to steal but the guys used to make fun of us because they were all drunk at like noon you know so they used <laughs> to make fun of us all the time and they all loved manchester united and there were only two teams that really showed when i was a kid on tape delay was united and arsenal right so just to like sort of make fun of them back i started liking the other team and that was it and then they went invincible and i was like yeah i'm not yeah. I'm never going to like any other team. It hasn't been great since. Sure. But, you know. It's arguably our worst season ever right now. Yeah. At least the worst season I can remember. Yeah, I can't remember being on the bottom half of the table. No. 11th on Boxing Day. Like, we're like we're six points from relegation right now. It's insane. Are it's, you happy with the Arteta move? I, I mean, I don't know if that's the solution. I don't know if he's going to all of a sudden get them to play defense. Like, yeah. You don't typically find good managers midseason. You know what I'm saying? Like the the ones that are available midseason are not always. That's it's saying that Ancelotti. I mean, was yeah, Ancelotti. I mean, yeah. if we're not able to play defense, what's, oh, what's Di Matteo Mikel for Chelsea got him the Champions League midseason. Yeah, yeah, but that was just because that was his homies, you know. Yeah, but he, he got it. The team. That's true. Yeah. He I guess actually. I really shouldn't say much either because I'm a Liverpool fan. And yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> you're having a good time. No one's saying how we got here. We're not even, you know, it's not even January. I love how Liverpool's like definitely going to win the league. It's all yours. That kid from uh, RB Leipzig. Yes. Mm -hmm. He played the, I think he's Japanese. He's Asian. I don't know he's that. Asian. Yeah. Yeah. He played against you. The, you know, Klopp is impressed. They just go and buy him. I'm like, this is what Arsenal needs to do. Yeah. This is what we used to do back in the day. Like, we were the place people wanted to go play. Now it's Liverpool. It changes. You know, yeah, Manchester United's not having a great season either. That's my team. There yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It's so, cycles. I've been saying that for years. It's, it's always cycles. cycles. Yeah. But here's the thing. Even in your worst, you were never in the bottom half of the table. 
I felt that way last year, but we we got it together a little yeah, bit at the end. United fans think being in the fifth is like relegation zone. I'm not. Worst. I'm not that. <laughs> yeah. that no, I'm not you that don't have crazy. To do with Stan Kroenke, right? So yeah. no, we don't. Dude, troops was big mad about Stan Kroenke, and I'm like, I felt bad as an American. I'm like, oh, I know, dude. It's not me. You know, <laughs> like, I don't know him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, that episode with troops was great. I could listen to him talk about any subject matter whatsoever, and just his prose, his diction. The way things come out of his mouth is the most fascinating thing to listen to. I love it. He reminds me. It's so funny, like, how different England is from the U.S., but he just reminds me of, like, dudes I grew up with that were, like, Jamaican and just, like, would yell about soccer. And, like, the smallest thing, like, a player not playing, like, not tracking back. Like, we'd win 3-0, and he'd be mad about that one move. You know, and I'm like, it means so much more to some people than it does to, like, others. That's me. Yeah? I get upset at those little things. Yeah, I, I, I can see I, that. Yeah, I, I can get totally upset at those little that. things because... Uh, to me, like in a losing effort, if I feel like everyone gave 100%, I'm okay with that. Winning and still having some of those players that could have even more, that yeah. irks me. Yeah, because you're like, <laughs> look how much better we could be. Yeah, exactly. Yada, yada. I always like having things for the manager to work on. But, you know, when before we got Unai Emery, they were thinking about uh, okay. getting Arteta. Yeah. Arteta, since the last three years, I remember that he played with Arsenal. People were saying he's going to be a great manager. He's going to be the next great manager. This is the kind of manager that we wouldn't have gotten in the past. This is the kind of guy we would have let slip and go to Manchester City, which we kind of did for a while. We would have let manage a different club, and then they would have been great, and everyone's like, oh, he could have been for Arsenal. So I'm going to give him a chance. I think it's the best move. Ancelotti would have been great. I don't think he's a long-term move. As much as Ancelotti seems like that kind of guy, I feel like he's, even for Everton, I feel like he's going to be the max. He's like Rafa Benitez. He's going to be there for like two years. Two to three, yeah. May, yeah, yeah maybe yeah. three. Yeah. And then he's going to get a better job. Yeah. So speaking of formal Arsenal players and yeah. managers, why don't we bring this back to the MLS? What do you think about Henri? I mean, it's lit to have him back in the league. It's Henri. I mean, he's yeah. the king. He's my favorite player of all time. Same. Yeah, he's just the guy that I want to be around. I got to meet him. I got to talk to him. What? And it's just insane. You know, I just want to be like, ah, I wanted to shake him. Like, yo, you're Henri, dude. <laughs> uh, I remember once he was signing autographs above his head. And my production bag was next to him, and I thought, like, oh, man, I got to move it, right? And this is back when I was, like, shooting videos and stuff. So when he came back from the loan where he scored against Leeds, and uh, they did a big testimonial for him. Mm -hmm. So all the Arsenal NYC fans got to uh, Rebel Arena to do, like, a big celebration for him. And the guy who runs knew that I shot video, and he was like, hey, man, do you want to shoot video for him? I'm like, yeah, sure. He's like, I'm like, what is it? He's like, we're going to be following around Henri. I'm like, oh, free. Uh, <laughs> free. Can I keep the video for myself? He's like, yeah, sure. So I still got video of just like Henri walking around his apartment and stuff, but uh, <laughs> it, was dope. it was dope. I followed him everywhere. I'm like, going to the bathroom? I'll be there in a minute. He's like, no, please don't. Um, You're having a bad day and just like put it on and yeah, just, like, <laughs> just watch Henri walking around so graceful his on the couch. Well, he's signing autographs above his head and my bag is next to him and he steps around it without looking down and I'm like, guys, He's got eyes in his heels, dude. You know? I'm just like, I like there's a portion of the video where the camera's not focused and not looking at anything because I'm just like staring at him. And I'm like, oh, I'm here to do work. And I like put the camera back in my face. Like he's just, uh, I'm happy to have him back in the league. I wish it was for NYCFC who needs a manager. Uh, but, you know, hey, Montreal is one of my, my third favorite city in the world. So, so second is LA? Yeah, uh, <laughs> LA's fourth. Oh. <laughs> London, London got to be second. New York forever number one. Uh, London is second. And you know what? Let's move it all down. Newark is number one. New York is number two. Because shouts to Newark. Y'all need something. Uh, <laughs> then London, then Montreal, then LA. How about that? Fifth. Yeah. Fifth's not bad. It's not bad. Europa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just can't believe Montreal is above LA right now. That's yeah, never Montreal happened. Is, dude, never Montreal happened. has its own. Montreal is like its own world. Yeah, it is. 
It really, it's it's so dope. I could I could literally, I'd probably, I'd live there if it wasn't for the winters and the lack of industry. So you grew up a Gooners fan, obviously. When NYFC arrives, you kind of start this MLS journey. So how does that become the idea to create this comedy career, this football passion, and put it together and form the Cooligans? You know, comedy is like you work only at night. So like, what do you do during the day? And a lot of comics start a podcast myself. I had a podcast called Show Me Your Bits, which was like, doing great numbers for a long time, but it was really hard to schedule. I would bring in another comic, we'd play a bit, and then we'd break down the joke. And, you know, the conversation would just lead to a bunch of other stuff, but it's like, the whole point was to break down the joke and tell the audience, like, was it real? What really happened? And kind of give an insight as to how comedians have to take parts of stories out and make parts of it bigger so that the punchline lands. And really, it was like me getting advice from bigger comics, you know, Big J Okerson and uh, Nate Bargatze, Giannis Pappas, you know, uh, Michael Che, who's on SNL now. Like, yeah. All these comics did this podcast because those are all my friends. Just talk to me. And it was like they were already further ahead than I was. So I wanted to talk to them and kind of learn. It did really well. And I kind of got the itch for doing podcasting. It was like a great thing to do during the day when you're not on stage where you can still use your comedy muscles. That podcast was really difficult to schedule. Christian had a podcast about relationships for as comedians. Like, how do you stay in a relationship? Because he went through a big breakup. And he kind of stopped doing it roughly around the same time. NYCFC starts and I'm like, I want to start supporting MLS more. It's hard to get back in from Harrison, New Jersey. And I know this upsets rebel fans, especially fans that live in Long Island. Looking at it on paper, it makes sense. But trust me, it is not easy. You have to swipe your Metro card twice. If you have an unlimited, you can't use that. So you have to buy another card just to swipe on that. And then, then you have to kind of transfer trains and stuff. It's not easy. I mean, it certainly doesn't. It's not easy. But like, yo, I got to get out of here to get to a show. You might have to leave an extra half hour early just to figure it out. It's not the easiest thing in the world. Long story short, this club opens. I look up season tickets are like 308 bucks for the first season. Wow. So I was like, yo, and that's in the supporter section, which isn't much of a section right now. But at the time, it was like, yo, that sounds like it's going to be lit. So I tell Christian, I'm like, yo, I'm thinking of getting tickets. And he was like, yeah, I'll get it too. So we got tickets. We stood next to each other. He's funny. I'm funny. We start joking. People start saying by the third game, people are like, yo, stand next to these guys. They're funny. And I said to him, like, yo, we can, maybe we have something here because we're just doing jokes about soccer. I'm like, maybe we do a podcast about soccer and maybe we do videos. And I didn't know what it was, but I saw Copa 90 stuff, which at the time was Kick TV. And I was like, I think we could do better than that. And they're cool. Like, I, we, I thought Kick TV was great. I love yeah. Jimmy Conner and those guys. But I'm like, I think we could be funnier because they're not necessarily going for funny. They're going for fun. I think we could be funnier. And I was like, and I saw some of the other podcasts, Men in Blazes in particular. And I was like, I think we could be funnier than that. So if we could be funnier than these two, maybe we have yeah. something. And we just started doing video first. We did a man on the street video first. And then we did a podcast. And the podcast did huge numbers, the first one. And we were like, whoa. And then when we went to the stadium, people were like, hey, it's the Cooligans. So I said to him, I'm like, yeah, I think we got something here. Like, at least the podcast. Let's focus on this and try to do as many videos as we can at the same time. And little by little, the podcast started to just keep growing. And it became this thing where we realized, like, probably about two years in, we hadn't missed a Wednesday of uploading an episode. And I was like, we're both working really, really hard on making this thing bigger, but we didn't know where it could go. And now we're on TV. And it's just insane. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Every time I walk in the studio, I'm like, y'all still want us here, right? <laughs> like, it's crazy. <laughs> and it, I mean, so we actually just celebrated our one year anniversary Congrats, earlier, guys. earlier yeah. this month yeah. uh, of yeah. when we started, right? Our first episode was actually in January. 
end of January, early February. Right. Like that, so yeah. the, Christian and I first started this, and then mm-hmm. Jonathan came on like in April. Nice. But so you know, and and we we just did this because we were like, hey, you know what? At the time, there was only one podcast for LAFC. And now there's like sixteen hundred. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 But uh, you know what? At the same time, too, you know what? It's not. I'm not. We're not sitting here and we're like, oh man, we got to be the best. We got to be the most listened to. It's like, hey, we're we're just enjoying this. We're getting to meet a lot of the other shows. Don't necessarily have guests on as often yeah. as we do. We are definitely one of the shows that has guests on regularly that's smart and yeah. i think it doesn't you know when we started we thought maybe the first like six episodes we thought maybe we'll be a mostly nycfc podcast and for us that changed because we wanted to talk about the league and we wanted to travel more as comics we wanted to be able to go to the other stadiums right. if we're in that town performing and there was maybe seven or eight podcasts that started right around the same time if not like immediately after we did and most of those aren't around anymore. I think we were actually one on one of the New York one. I think is Blue City Radio. Blue City Radio. Yeah. yeah. So we yeah, were on their we, show earlier this year. Yeah. yeah when uh, LAFC went out to uh, was it Yankee Stadium yeah. and played? That's yeah. dope. They contacted us and like, hey, you know, we want to do, you know, can you guys come on and talk to us about your team so that we can have our yeah. listeners kind of have an update on what's going on with the team and stuff. And That's great. It was great, dude. It was so cool. It's cool to be like, especially if you pick a team like LAFC, which has like a robust fan base. You know, you'll become like. Someone that like the, the fans will focus on like, oh, this happened. I want to hear what shoulder to shoulder has to say yeah. about it. You know what I mean? And we've, we've gotten to that place, which is kind of cool. Like there's That's recognition so and then people reach out and then DM us. And you no, know, we get instant feedback when episodes drop. Um, That's great. And there's a kind of a lineup, which is cool because there is a few, I think, that consistently put content out. So then we kind of drop at different days of the week. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the LAFC fan has an appetite. And now people are filling the appetite with content, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I was just talking to someone who's an agent in town and they were like, you know, they were talking about maybe possibly meeting after the new year. And uh, they were like, hey, man, I really love the episode you guys did about LAFC. And I was like, I thought you didn't listen. He said he didn't listen to the show. And he was like, no, but I'm an LAFC fan. He's like, I never even really cared about soccer until LAFC started. So you're not only finding that there's people that care about soccer now because of LAFC, but those fans seem to be pretty rabid. If he listened to my show. Because we talked about LAFC and he wasn't a fan of my show to begin with. That means they're looking for content. Right. right. And that's a huge sign. That's right. a huge sign. I mean, that's something we saw with Atlanta. When Atlanta first started, our numbers popped. Like, boom. Just because we talked about Atlanta once or twice on an episode. It's like those fans wanted yeah. something. They wanted more content. They were like, what else could I learn? You know. And there's so much history leading up to the very first season. And that was kind of like one of the things we wanted to tap into was just... Yeah. You know, the, the individual stories of the people behind the scenes that brought us the club. Right. right. The people that were associated with, you know, whether it was the supporter groups or the front office or the logo or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Those are the kind of stories. And then we and now we try to bring out the casual fan because for 21 years there was another team in L.A. Yeah. Well, L.A. ish. <laughs> and you know so the, greater, yeah. the greater Los Angeles area right. yeah. Yeah. 13 so miles from the city of and Los so Angeles so it would, it would be <laughs> like you know like hey what makes an NYCFC fan a fan of NYCFC as opposed to uh, the Red Bull or and same thing here what makes you a fan of LAFC versus the Galaxy why are you an LAFC fan now yeah. when there's been soccer in LA for you know 20 plus years yeah I so. mean for me I think it was just like even though I grew up in Newark Rebel would have chosen Newark instead of Harrison, which is the town next to, across the river, uh, that Passaic River. It's a tiny river, but yeah. it's um, one of the main ones, the one, one of the main waterways in Newark. If they would have chosen Newark, I feel like I would have had to have been a Rebel fan just because, like, I want to support Newark in any way I can. Because this city is pretty blighted. You know what I mean? There isn't much. Like, there's a lot of people that are starting to, like, build it up now, and I kind of want to be a part of that. And I want to support it, even if it's from afar. That said, you know, there's no, there's nothing that connected me to Rebel besides when Henri was there. And I went to his first game where he scored against Tottenham. Uh, he scored against Tottenham as a Rebel player. He came in in the second half, something called like the New York Invitational. Gareth Bale was still there. Robbie Keane was still there. I forgot. I think Gio DeSantos played in that match. Yeah, he did. Yeah. 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 So like, 
I was I was a fan of Henri, and I wore Arsenal gear, and they hated me at Rebel Arena. And I went to another match, and I didn't have anything Red Bull. The supporters weren't. I don't want to say they weren't welcome. They weren't. They weren't welcome. They weren't not welcoming. You know what I mean? They weren't trying to push me away, but they certainly weren't like, "Hey, man, be a part of it." You know what I mean? There wasn't a lot They're of just that. Just doing their own thing. Yeah, and it, they had a culture, and I, I wasn't aware of that. It's not their fault. I've said this before, and this upset Rebel fans. And it's like y'all weren't pushing me out, but I also didn't feel like, "Yo, welcome come on in." Out. You know what yeah. I mean? And I have to say, like, they clearly had their own culture. And I thought it was cool to watch from afar, but none of it really spoke to me. And then when NYCFC started, I was like, you know what? I get to be a part of it from the ground up. And I got to be honest, like, some of the stuff that the NYCFC fans are doing is not exactly what I would want to do in a supporter section. But I'm like, I get why they're doing that. You know what I mean? you Everyone has to build their own culture. You know, like, everyone has to sort of decide, are we going to be more South American? Are we going to be more English? Are we going to be more this? Are we going to do our own crazy thing? You know what I mean? Whatever it is. Pick it. And I want to be able to push, even if it's not exactly what I want, I want to be able to push that forward because I think the sport can be so much bigger than it is in this country. Was it, I don't know if it was on our show, but we were talking about how, for sure, in a number of years, it'll be number three. It'll yeah. be, it'll oh, be, yeah. It'll, it'll be, it'll be bigger than, or it'll be bigger than hockey and it'll be yeah. bigger than, uh, well, I think baseball. Gotta yeah, be, we gotta be bigger. Well, I mean, I think that that point brings brings something to the table because you you were at the classical, at the mm-hmm. classical, the traffico. Um, don't call it that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, dude, it is. Yeah, we no, LA, LA derby, people don't like it. Derby, dude, don't, yeah, yeah. Don't I love it traffic. traffic. I oh, love dude. it because it's 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 clearly true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this city has the most odd traffic patterns. Someone's like, "Oh, where are you gonna go? It'll take you three hours. Oh, you're gonna go in two minutes." Uh, it'll be down about 30 minutes to get there. I'm like, what is happening? We're like a change Nothing of five minutes. Miles. Nothing yeah. is in miles. It's Everything minutes. is in all yep. minutes. As, yeah. I mean, it's like, in minutes. You know, yeah. Your show, right? Your show should only take you like 20 minutes to get there. By the way, the bird flies. But yeah. It's like, hey, dude, we're going to give you an hour to get there. Just yeah. Saturday yeah. night. And I'm like nervous about that. It's insane. Yeah. No, I think it'll be fine because it's the holidays, though. Anyway. Like yesterday, I Googled because I'm staying in Eagle Rock. Yep. So I Googled how to get to the west side. It was 55 minutes. So I was like, man, I jumped in the shower. I got ready. And like 55 minutes, like 55 plus 15. Like I always give myself an extra 15. I look at the thing. It said 36. And I was like, how? How? And there was like nothing. Was, 15 minutes. But nothing sad. major. I'm like, how did I gain time by showering? That's not real. At least the subway, we know, like yeah. it runs on a clock. It yeah. may not work, but it runs on a clock. Yeah. LA traffic is out of its mind. Like your guy, you guys are gonna like be the first city to have like drones pick you up, like Uber drones, just pick you up and carry you somewhere. Well, SpaceX was trying to do that actually underground uh, in tunnels. Oh god. But yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but so Christian had a question. Yeah, no, no. So, so you know, going going back to your point, where for NYCFC, there's a supporter culture that they're trying to build. I don't know at what point in the world it is now, but you wanted them to choose something and go with it. Like, are, and you had a chance to be here for the Tráfico that we don't like calling it that, but you know, yeah. Galaxy against LAFC. And you you had a chance to kind of be in the thirty two fifty two area. How did you feel? Like, did you think that after two years, what impression did you have of that? It, you know what? It, it it feels like the club existed somewhere else that I wasn't aware of for many years before. Because I've never, you very rarely, I want to say, because it's not never, but very rarely, especially in MLS, do you see as unified a supporter section. And it's kind of frustrating that that doesn't exist everywhere. Like Atlanta has a, a huge portion of it. Their wall is massive because it's an NFL stadium. Sure. So to get all those people coordinated would be probably impossible, if not take it much longer before more and more supporters build. But like everyone seems to kind of know what they're doing. Like it seemed like everyone was choreographed together in 3252. You know what I mean? And to be a part of it, like it upset some people that we were in there because clearly it's for 3252 yep. and we had like phones down there, like no cameras, no cameras, no cameras. But that jump for LAFC. Jump for LA Football Club. Yeah, yeah. jump for LA Football Club. We were like in that. 
And it was like, we, I was like, I'm glad we didn't film this. Like, it would be great to show other people what it feels like from the inside, but I'm glad we experienced it versus like sat behind our phones yep. or something. Cause there's something so, it felt significant. Like the game walked by and we were like, yo, get out of the way, game. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're like, yo, we're doing this thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it felt more significant to the culture of soccer in the US that that was happening. And be like, yo, like later on in life, like that's one of the most significant games. We weren't supposed to come that late. Like, we didn't have any plans, but we're like, I said, if yo, if there's a traffic going in the playoffs, we're going. And like, that's that didn't come from like Gully Squad. That didn't come from TV money. That came out of our pockets. We're like, yo, we're going to this game. We're going to figure out a way to get, you know, media passes and we're going to go. And we were like begging people. We're like emailing anyone in the club. Like, dude, you have to approve our passes. We just bought flights and they're non-refundable. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you got to do this. You know, so like we wanted to be a part of it. And to have friends in 3252 who said, you'll be able to talk about this on your show. You won't be able to show it on, the ca- on, on video. And like come experience it. It was to me something that when I think of soccer in the U.S., two things stick out in my head was MLS Cup in Atlanta and bound doing that jump for LA football club. Those two things are the single most significant things that have happened that I've gotten to be a part of, because I'm like, I will get to tell people I was there when the, when soccer turned a corner in the U S because that's bigger than anything. than Pele playing in NASL is having 3,252 people jumping at the same time, celebrating, putting their all in sweat. It smelled like a, like a gym, you know, it was disgusting, but it's because everyone's putting their passion. Out. Yeah. I'm like, this is great. Yep. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. It was all inspiring. No, and that's awesome because we we talk about that on the show for those that sit there, those that experience and are able to watch it. We would describe it that way, but someone that is not quote unquote have those black and gold tinted glasses, yeah, able yeah, to yeah. say that and be able to experience that, and the fact that you're actually putting the significant moment behind it, where you think that's where soccer or football is turning a corner in the U.S. because two instances have been, been able to produce this kind of passion or interest in the U.S. It's kind of cool to, for you yeah. to describe. If, I mean, $5,000 for a ticket on the secondary market. It's like we knew this was an important match. The video of Slotan grabbing his junk, we shot that. And it oh, really? Like, that yeah, was you? That was us. And that's on 433, which is like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I think 25 million followers. Right. Like they asked us to share the video. Like, like being a part of that match is something that like people keep saying like, Oh, this match happened. I was like, yo, we were there. And they're like, you got to go. Yeah. When we were at ICC Futures, uh, there was this kid whose uh, rap song is going to be on the next NBA 2K. And he was like working the event and he got the news while he was there. And he was like, oh, my God. He was like, the kid's crying. Like, kid's a rapper. His song's going to be on NBA 2K, like with 2 Chains and all these other rappers that he like loves. And he was just like in, in this moment. He's like, oh, man, this is great. He's like, blah, blah, blah. And we're talking. And he's like so excited. And he was like, man, he's like. Hopefully I get big and I get to perform it like because he loves soccer. He's like, hopefully I get to perform at like LAFC Stadium. Like he was just mentioning a bunch of stadiums. And I was like, oh man. I was like, dude, I was there for the game against LA Galaxy. If it's anything like that when you perform, and he was like, wait, what? Like he stopped dead in his in his celebration to talk about that match. Wow. Because he saw it as important. I was like, yeah, it's pretty dope. But I just want to say before we if you and Christian want to come out again yeah. when NYCFC plays LAFC, I got tickets for both of you guys. Honestly. That'd be dope. Yeah. Yeah, we and, love and, that. And then you don't have to worry about trying to get press passes. Get arrested. Sit, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you can sit and enjoy the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, I mean, you won't be able to do any of the post-game presser. But we didn't get to do it anyway. Well, right. You know, we were getting accosted. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, security. Dude, hey, you know what? Uh, honestly, I got tickets. I'd come out again just for the tortas. Yo. <laughs> Where, where'd you go for tortas? Yo, in that little section y'all like celebrate at, that little grass patch next mm-hmm. to the stadium. Oh. Yeah. 
Like there's like ten torta ladies. Like, oh yeah. Yo, you want a torta? Yo, you want a torta? I'm like, I do. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the like, Stop eating. I'm like, shut up, dude. <laughs> you know torta ladies in New York? <laughs> the Christmas tree lane and the street food there. That's what they call that little grass yeah. patch yeah. where the tailgates happen above yeah. the north end there. Woo. Um, yeah, those tortas, man. Sometimes you gotta be careful though because sometimes you get them and they're great. Sometimes you get them and an hour later, you oh, realize yeah. you made a poor choice. I kind of like that though. It clears you out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what, what happens to you? More tortas, is dude. that what happens to you? I almost. I got I got interrupted beforehand. Yeah. The torta. Is the one that initiated that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's probably why I had to go. But everybody knows if you listen to my show, if I go number two in your stadium, you score. your team will score, or at least two goals will be scored during that time period. And it happened again. That's crazy. Yeah. That is a it crazy was Diamande's stat. goal. I can't remember who scored the other goal, but it was uh, during that match. It was boom because of me. You know? yeah. You're welcome, guys. Well, would've, both would have been Dio, right? Because that was his late brace in the game because yeah. he put two away at the end. Maybe. Maybe yeah. it was. So it was like 63rd and like 68th. Yeah, minute. it was. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It was Dio. Dean was waiting for, for yeah, your dude. introduction. Yeah, to the... <laughs> so, okay. So there's a term you guys use on your show. But mm-hmm. you just dropped a minute ago when you yeah. talked about the gully squad. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Can okay. you help, can you help break that down hat? for us? Stay gully, dude. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, so, um, so, yeah. So what is that? Where did it come from? And, you know, what does it mean? Back in the day, it meant like you were like the most hood, the most hardcore guy. You know what I mean? Like you were the, the person I'd be most afraid of. But I think the term when like Cameron and them were using it like Dipset Days, it sort of turned. It became like you were like brave and you were willing to say what needed to be said. And when we started doing Cooligans, I said to Christian, it was like way more me than it was Christian. Christian like didn't care about this. I'm like, yo, we're not going to be able to make it in American soccer the way we want to unless we represent American soccer the way we would represent ourselves, which is like, I dare you to say something about me. You know what I mean? And it's not about throwing hands or anything. It's just like, expect me not to defend myself. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a pushover in any way, shape or form. I may not be the toughest guy in the room. Certainly never going to be that. But like, I have my words and like, yeah, I'll use them. Like if you, if you say something about me, like, unless it's a joke and I'll laugh, but like, other than that, like if how we would expect like me to defend my mother, you know what I mean? Is how I'm going to defend American soccer. Cause no one was doing it. Europeans. Here's the thing about American soccer fan. If you're an American soccer fan, fans of American sports laugh at you. Fans of, of soccer in America that aren't American soccer fans laugh at you. European fans of soccer laugh at you. South American fans of soccer laugh at you. Caribbean fans of soccer laugh at you because you're in America. You have nobody. We've been alone fighting this fight. Even fans of soccer don't like us or they joke about us because we're fans of MLS or American soccer, USL, whatever it is you're into. So like we are like, yo, if we're going to do this, we need to defend ourselves and defend the sport. So like the moment somebody says something, we'll be the ones to clap back. So once we started doing that, once Soccer AM, the show in England, made fun of, you know, there was um, I can't, uh, Liam Ridgewell, uh, who played with the Portland Timbers, was there. And they were, like, joking about it. They're like, playoffs? Uh, you have playoffs? Wait, so you finished top of the Western, but you didn't win a trophy. You got bumped in the playoffs. It's like, shut up. You have playoffs in the championship. Right. Like, in order to get, I mean, let's stop yeah. acting like you don't know what playoffs are, right? right? Just because it's not one word for you, it's two, doesn't mean you don't understand <laughs> it. It doesn't make sense to me. So I was like, I text Christian when that clip went viral, like, yo, I'm going to have a lot to say about this. So he created a tile called Guerrero Rant when we used to put the stuff behind <laughs> us. And he was like, I was like, yo, let's talk about Ridgewell. And he goes, oh, wait, before we do it, he hit the button on his computer and I look up and there's a picture of me yelling, which um, there's a lot of those. And it says Guerrero Rant. And I'm like, yes. And I look straight at the camera for 20 minutes. I just spit fire. And I don't even remember what I said. I had to listen back to it. I was like, oh, man, I made fun of soccer in England before the 90s and stuff. Like, I, I went off. I was like, oh, you, before you, the Premier League? I was yeah, like, the league yeah. was trash, B. Like, I just went off, you know? And I look back and I'm like, that seems stupid. And then I saw fans kind of get behind it. And Christian saw it. And he was like, yo, this is like 
you what you said you wanted to do, we kind of did. Like we defended American soccer where no one else would. And like MLS would never do that because they're gonna pretend everything is perfect. So extra time won't do that. And men and blazers, they're the ones doing the jokes and laughing. So they're not gonna do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like we're the only place at that time that had the platform that we had and did that. So I was like, the next show, we were sort of going over all the reviews that we got that, that talked about it, and all the emails we got and all the tweets and all the Instagram comments. So he said, we're the funniest. I go, yo, not only that, apparently we're the gulliest. And gully was just a term that popped in my head to be like, you're the one who's willing to talk that talk because we did. And he was like, oh, man, he was so excited that the term gully popped back up. So we just kept using it. It became like this whole thing. Like people were like, I want to be gully. How do I be gully? And like we had fans that are like, you know, moms who drive minivans. And they're like, well, I'm technically not gully. I'm like, you're gully adjacent. And now gully adjacent is a thing. You know, and they're like, and like there was this whole thing on Twitter of like, yo, shouts to the, I put shouts to the gully adjacent. Tell me how you're gully adjacent. And people would put like shouts to the gully adjacent. I'm one of them. I just made a sandwich for my for my kid's school and I cut off the crust. And like, yo, we need you, yo. Like, we need the gully adjacent, yo. Shouts to you for waiting outside the baseball game until the game is over. My mother would have took off, you know? And like, you walk home, you know? Somebody slices all those oranges, gets all those juice boxes. Absolutely, up. Yeah. yo. Put a little hummus in your kid's lunch, my guy. Hell yeah, we need gully adjacent. How did this start? So the, <laughs> God. the creation of the term gully is certainly one of the most recognizable moments in, in sort of the Cooligan history history if you look back on you know we just had our 50th episode last week Congrats, this is 51 yeah, you. you guys are at 250 something <laughs> yeah. i should have probably checked that exact number before i, I think we're it, like but, 280 yeah right so if you look back on all those shows kind of what's what's your favorite moment or your most famous lasting impressions like you know what's your tombstone moment i think there's two when i made fun of christian for how he eats a burrito and like that's where the cooligans was born i think it's episode nine before that we were just kind of trying to figure ourselves out like What's the game of this? You know, who's yeah. what characters are we going to be sort of to the listeners? Like, oh, this is the smart one. This is the dumb one. Or this is the loud one. And this is the quiet one. And by the way, that's exactly how people view us. I'm the dumb, loud one. And he's the smart, <laughs> quiet one, which is kind of true anyway. You know, I like I don't get offended by it. I'm like, nah, y'all right. You know, <laughs> but that moment I we took a break and my wife was in the room. This is when we used to record in my kitchen, which is the same as my living room. We lived in a tiny apartment at the time. And my wife, I went to the bathroom when I came back. Christian was like, I can't believe he told you about that. And I was like, wait, what happened? And she was like, I didn't know you didn't want me to say anything about how he eats a burrito. Because he ate a burrito by taking all the foil off of it and then biting it in the middle like a harmonica. What? what? And it blew my... I was so embarrassed. What? I was so embarrassed sitting there with him. I almost left. I was like, I can't eat with this person. Like, I'm known for food. He just... He didn't want the really bready, doughy tortilla sides? I, no, he ate, the, he ate the, the middle as opposed to the top. And I'm like, and then it fell apart. And he's like, I got to get a fork. I'm like, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you you like you kiss a baby on the stomach. That's how he ate a burrito. I'm like, no, no, no. The head, you go side of the head. And he was like, no, whatever. He's like, you're wrong. That's not how people eat burritos. I'm like, look at me. I'm a fat one. I care about food. I know how to eat burritos. And like we argued on the podcast about how he eats a burrito, which had nothing to do with soccer. But that's when the audience kind of figured out who we were. And I looked at him and I go, this is the kind of show we need to do. We're like, it's somewhat irreverent about soccer. That's why we always joke around like, trust us, it's a soccer show. We'll get to it. Yeah. That moment. And when I made a joke, we were just joking. And it was the first time I took like a big chance on the show. It was right after the Chapacuense tragedy right. where the plane crashed. Brazil. And the whole yeah. Team. yeah. Um, and at the same time, Manchester City had, I think it was City, where Gondwan was playing. Yeah. He yep. had ripped an ACL like the next day. And the team wore shirts where they said, like, uh, Gundawan will be with you forever or something like that. Like, always Gundawan. 
And they all like, it was like a sad moment. And I'm like, guys, have some understanding of the world we live in. An entire team just passed away. So we were talking about how it was like not the smartest thing for them to do. And I go, actually, did you hear one of the only players that survived the plane crash? Chapaquenza feels so bad. They're going to send him to Manchester City to play in Gondwan's place. And Christian was like, what? And he was like, he lost it. He lost it because he was like, I can't believe you put that those two together and you're willing to say that on the show. And the fans were like, yo, that was hilarious. It's hilarious. And I was like, all right, people want us to take chances. So those two, to me, are that that's when Cooligans were born. I like how they're both sort of like envelope pushing moments for you. Yeah. It's not like, oh, we got to interview this person or no. I got to meet this person. It was like, no, when when like the culture and the identity of the show was formed, like that's what mattered the most. Because I, you know, you want to build a show that you don't know that doesn't already exist, right? Like, what yeah. would you want to listen to? That's what you guys are doing, right? right. Like, that's what we want to do. There was no like big funny shows about soccer. So those moments where we're making jokes about soccer that no one else is going to do. Like, I made a joke about 3252 at the ICS, the Independent Supporters, ISC, uh, Independent Supporters Council. There was all the heads of all the different supporters groups. And I go, hey, 3252 is here. I go, which is also the amount of fans that have been banned from the Chicago Fire Games. And because they had just a whole section banned. Yeah. And like, I'm like, I'm like, when am I ever going to be able to be in a room where that hits? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, that's yeah. a joke that's just never going to work ever again. I'm it's not going to be able to say that on stage. It's very niche. Yeah. yeah, so I was like, that's kind of what we wanted the show to be. Like, you guys, if you care about soccer, you'll listen and you'll get the jokes that we get to say. I couldn't make that joke about Gundawan and Chapa Coenze in most comedy clubs. It wouldn't hit. But I got to do it on the show. And I'm like, here we go. Well, Chicago Fire, I mean, they banned all the adult fans. There's nothing but kids left, which is why they have a new crayon drawing, right? Yeah. Oh, rest, oh, right? So. <laughs> I might I might be doing something with the club, so we're not going to make any jokes. <laughs> but, buddy, it's not going great. <laughs> the fans are not loving it. No, no they're not. No, and I, I don't terrible. think the move back to Soldier Field was... No, I think that I was think the right it's going to be a great idea. That was a right move. Yeah? That was yeah. the right move. I think it's going to be smart. Yeah. The crest, the crest yeah. might not be helping. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we want to make sure that we get you out of here in time. Yeah. So we're going to do our last final question or two. So, okay, so 2020. What, yeah. what are your guys' plans for 2020? I mean, what, are you guys have any big big trips planned? Or are you guys doing any live broadcasts or anything like that? Yeah, or? we put out on Twitter today that we want to be doing more live shows and yeah. let us know. We performed at Audi Field where DC United plays. Right. And that was something that the fans reached out to the club and had them sort of really push them to do it. And we want to find a way to do more of that. Yeah. We have you have your first advocates here in LA. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you let's let's, let's figure this out. So okay, so if you come out for the next time NYCFC yeah. is here, we May could 24th. probably set up an event where thirty two fifty two has a space, and then you could come tell all the jokes that wouldn't hit in we a love crowd to a bunch of soccer fans. We'll do a we'll live. We'll out. do a live show. We'll interview players. We'll interview like Imagine you know. Getting them at the performance center where they practice. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Or, or I mean, maybe it's, know, even, it's just like one of the supporters' small, clubhouses yeah. or something, you know, because. Yeah. I mean, certainly, you know, I mean, I know D9 North Hollywood, our clubhouse, like we have like uh, our own dedicated private bar for the supporters group. Yeah. Um, you know, it's got a stage. It can seat, you know, 75, 80 people. I Down. mean, we could consider yeah, it we, done. Like we're we're about going into the different cities. We want to meet the fans. We want to be a part of it. We want to help build. Like we did our first live show in Atlanta and there was maybe half the crowd had never heard of us before. But like someone told them, you got to come check these guys out. And like our numbers jumped in Atlanta because of that. And it was it wasn't just about the numbers, but like we got to meet fans. Yeah. And like when someone sits there and says, like, here's what I like about the show, like you start to be like, oh, it's like live research. Like you're sitting here telling me what you connect with. Cause you guys know you're just talking into microphones. Right. At some point, someone's gonna hear it. You know what I mean? And like they'll have an opinion on it. When they tell you, here's what I like, you're like, I'll do more of that. The only reason we talked mostly MLS is because when we started, we talked about as much as we could, but we tried to focus on MLS. But we had one fan who said, hey, man, I love you guys. I kind of tune out when you talk about European stuff because I don't 
really care about the Prem. But I do love MLS. So if you talk more about that, I listen to the whole episode. And we're like, all right, we'll do it. Nice. One person emailed yeah. us and that was it. And now we're like, look at where we are. So we want to do more live shows. We want to continue to build a TV show. We want to add more segments to it. And we want to sort of maybe add more scripted stuff, we're thinking, yeah. just to kind of spice it up a little bit for ourselves. The network seems to like it. We're number one on the network from last we heard. So we're kind of happy with that. They renewed our contract. So we're going to be on for another year, um, at least through the end of the year. Of Congratulations. The yeah, Thank yeah, you, man. Awesome. That was It was a big moment for us because we're like, is this going to continue happening? Because we've been telling everyone we're on TV now. We're really important. So we kind of well, have I think to. The rest of the MLS podcasting community, I mean, we look up to you guys and are rooting to you guys because if you succeed and this becomes a thing, lifting, lifting tides, lift, equity. rising exactly. tides lift all boats. Yeah. Dude. Exactly. That's what we're trying to do. And that's why we want to go on other podcasts. That's yeah. what we want to have. We want to promote. Like if people tag us and stuff, we'll retweet it. Like we want to build all of this. Like comedy is very different than other, than other stuff. Like a lot of people that do MLS podcasts back when we started were mostly former players and they're very competitive because they see themselves like there's only one right back. So I need to be that right back. Comedy is not that way. If I get a if I get a TV show, that means other comics are going to get TV shows, and that's how we view it. So like we're we're constantly trying to pull people up when we get up, and people have pulled us up. That's the only reason we got to the heights we get to in comedy is because other people who've gotten stuff are like, "Yo, come on the road with me. I'll introduce you to the Booker. You'll headline it next time." And that happens. So like when it comes to podcasts, we're treating it like it's comedy. We want all of y'all to succeed because we think everybody can. Yeah. Like that's why the jokes about Men and Blazers to us it is kind of a joke. We do think they're a bit condescending to American soccer, but. We understand that they, they've opened doors. We wouldn't have a TV show if it wasn't for them. Right. Because people saw that it could potentially happen. And if they ever wanted to come on our show, we'd happily have them. We'd tell them ha- what, exactly what we think, but we'd have, <laughs> we'd be happy to, have, I mean, we're going to be gully about it, you know? Sure. I mean? But like, we'd be happy to have them because like, we really view everyone as like one, when one person pops, we all get to pop. At least that door is open for all of us to pop if you work hard enough. And I think you guys have a great podcast. There's so, so many other great. Heart of LAFC was one yeah. I was on down here. Like there's so many, so much great content that's being made because no one else is talking about MLS. We got to do it ourselves. It's a very DIY league for the fans. So like, yo, keep doing it because we can't talk about LAFC on every episode. Right. Right. So y'all keep doing it so that when we look for LAFC stuff, we can listen to y'all to give us some feedback, to understand what we need to know about the, the game and the league. And every team should have them. I'm seeing some clubs that, that ha- don't have pocket. I think like Vancouver Whitecaps only has like one pocket. It's like, dog, how else are y'all going to build that team? Talking to a microphone. Yep. People want to listen to this stuff. Yeah, well, next time you come out, maybe we'll hopefully have you and your co-host back on the show. We could have our Christian teach your Christian how to eat a burrito. Yeah, be oh, beautiful. <laughs> Easy. Easy. The kid needs to. The guy doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he has to get to a fork and knife that quick is it's embarrassing. Yeah, no. I mean, unless uh, it's a weapon. I hope. I hope shit. since then, I'm sure he's learned his ways. Well, he he's got a lot of excuses. He says a lot of the burritos he's eaten are get cut in half by the restaurant so he's used to eating the half so I'm like that's a wrap that's not a burrito yeah. and he was like he didn't know about the ripping the foil as you go I'm like I, you know there's so much that I have to teach you I'm going to make him fatter he's going to make me skinnier before you know it in five more years we'll be the same person yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright so we got one last question for you so shoulder to shoulder is the name of the show yeah. it's a huge theme within the community of LAFC and certainly in the soccer football world as a whole and each person tends to have a different perception on what that term means so to the Cooligans and to you, what does shoulder to shoulder mean to you? I think like, you know, a lot of fans have messaged us saying like, we can't believe how big you're getting. And it's like, I hate the word you're. It's like, yo, it's weird. Like, I hope fans of Cooligans talk the way fans of sports teams do. Like, when Arsenal loses, I say we lost. You know what I right. mean? Like, that's how I hope Cooligans fans think. Because we are 
where we're going or wherever we could possibly take this to. It only happens because of our fans. It only happens because of Gully Squad. It only happens because everyone who tweets us, subscribes, and follows and all that stuff. So to us, it's we're all doing it. So we don't view ourselves as being at the top and like look at all these people. No, to us, it's our fans and us. We're shoulder to shoulder. Well, if you want to follow my guy here, you can follow him at Not Alexis, the show at Soccer Cooligans. You can download them on all your podcast platforms or watch them on Yubu TV. That's at Fubu Sports, F U B O, Fubo, Fubu. Yeah, yeah he I'm, said I'm, Fubu. That's OG. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I love Cool J getting a lot of mentions right now. <laughs> <laughs> at Fubo Sports. Um, so thank you, thank you yeah. so much for coming out and joining no, us. We know you great. got a busy yeah. schedule while you're in town. Yep. Uh, we could not be more appreciative of you spending some time Absolutely. and coming out here. For us having uh, the gulliest episode we have ever had here. Uh, yeah, dude. So, um, uh, so gully. I stole some from this house. I'm gonna <laughs> tell you what it is, shout, out, shout out to Christian, my tokayo over there. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, yeah. And I appreciate the love and the the transparency and the easy communication. I really appreciate that. Yeah, and hey, you're making time you. for us. Hey, Christian, our Christian. Yeah. You set this up, dude. You 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 saw on his thing that he was coming out on Alexis's Instagram. Oh, I heard out. it on the show too. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. You decided you're like, hey, dude, you know, let's reach I out. I appreciate it. And if you want, if anybody else. I don't know. You want to grab a taco with me? You want to come see one of the shows? Just hit me up, man. Yeah. I'm, I want to meet everybody. I want to meet all the fans. You yeah. know, it's oh. funny. We've been big timed by some small fish, and I feel like in your case, you're the big fish that has been real with us. And we oh, that's happened that. to us too. And I'm like, dog, y'all ain't that important to be treating <laughs> us like this. You know, like I, I want to make sure that you know. And Christian Polanco, when he comes out yeah. to LA, he's going to come out in a couple of weeks. Like, you know, we're accessible. Do we want to meet everybody? We want to help out if any in any way, shape, or form we can. So yeah, appreciate please make that. sure you tag us in this and we'll, yeah. we'll retweet that. And I ran into you guys yeah, at the Sunset Club. That was hilarious to me. Hey, that hey. memory of, I don't know how you remember it. I remember because you gave us a scarf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, well, I don't know oh, how. I was hey, furious. And you, hey, and thank you for putting a scarf on, putting it in the rotation on your show. Dude. Absolutely, dude. So, if you guys, I mean, yeah. I have the, uh, we have the, the East LA sticker on my laptop, oh, the yeah. ELA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like, we want to, we want to promote. If it's American soccer, y'all working hard. I would, the, the least we could do is promote it, put it on a couch, a scarf on a couch. I mean, what, what else, you know? Yeah. But uh, thank you. Well, we got tickets for you for an LAFC yeah. game. You ever want to come out? You can sit in uh, uh, Chris's. And it doesn't have to seats. be. It doesn't have to yeah. be in my what? <laughs> in your suite? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, and it doesn't have to be the NYCFC game either. Any game you want to come out, if you and Christian and your wives or whatever you guys want to come out, it's on me. Thank you, man. That means the world to me, man. Yeah. Thanks. So awesome. Well, well thank you so much for joining us. That's going to wrap us up for episode fifty-one. Thank you for following the show at LAFCS2S on all your social media platforms. Please give our guest a follow and a listen at Soccer Cool. And at not Alexis. With that, take us home, sticks. Together, this our culture. Fill a force up a supernova. Stay flying that FC door sum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's Koreatown Liddy. Cape us so mommy, about to drop her fifth. They want me to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.